FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Join me like it does each week is Mr. Chris Callum. Chris is coming to you from his broadcast center in Cheney, Washington. Chris got a big show for everybody this week. In the next segment, we'll be joined by Mr. Frank Selfo, the head coach for the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. They're having a fine season so far. And then later on, Mr. Victor Flores from 406mtsports.com to discuss the Montana State Bobcats. Awful lot of action to get to from last week. Let's just get right to it. Up first, number one, Southern Illinois, 33. Number 23, North Dakota, 28. Chris, Southern Illinois, I'm starting to think this could perhaps be a team of destiny type situation for them. They seem to be able to make the plays when they have to, when it matters the most. Yeah, they really do. That's a great point. And with this game, you know, and after a couple of weeks of struggling on offense, the Hawks finally got their offense going a bit. It just unfortunately fell uh, short as far as the upset goes. Brady Stevens misses a four. 47-yard field goal at the end of regulation that would have tied the game. UND picked up 26 first downs and outgained the Salukis 467 to 363 in the game. Where has this offense been lately for North Dakota? They might be the best 2-4 and four team in FCS football, Chris. There are a lot of really good 2-4 and four teams right now. Number three, North Dakota State 20, Illinois State nothing. Again, North Dakota State wins a game, looks great on defense, but makes you scratch your head with some of the play calling and just how they are not playing very good offense so far this season. And I think this is a trend we're seeing across the nation. I think there's a lot of really great athletes playing the quarterback position. There's less and less, it seems like, true passing quarterbacks. And coaches are hesitant to bring in the possibility of mistakes and costly you know, turnovers. So they're having them throw short and underneath and not taking a lot of risks. And that's, I think, what you're seeing. Jasir Cox had two interceptions and the Bison held the Redbirds to just 99 yards of total offense. So the defense is definitely there, as you suggested. And again, the offense continues to sputter. They only picked up 15 first downs on the day. Quincy Patterson managed just 125 yards through the air, and he also threw a couple of picks. And we've often talked about the NDSU effect on FCS football. Great defense, solid on special teams, and run the football. Well, the Bison are doing that. Should we be surprised that they are, Chris? This is how they've won for years. It's just not as flashy right now. It's not as flashy, and I think the concern comes when they face a team with a decent defense and a really good offense. Number four, Eastern Washington, 71, Idaho, 21. You sent me a drive chart for Eric Berrier, and I had to like look at it like five times to try to figure out what was going on because it just said TD, 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 TD. This young man is having a historic type season, Chris. Yeah, he really is. And this game came just a week after Idaho scored 42 points and got their first conference win against Portland State. In this one, they came out flat, Kevin, on both sides of the ball. They did not look like they wanted to play. Barry A threw for 600 yards, seven touchdowns. He picked up another one rushing the football, and that was all before he was pulled in the fourth quarter. There are rumblings in Moscow, Idaho. And look, Idaho has a bit more money than a lot of people do in FCS football right now because of these contracts they're getting that they signed when they were FBS for their now FBS matchups. Chris, I don't know how much worse it can get for the Vandals. I think a change is coming. It could be, and I hate to see that. I don't care what you think of, of any particular coach. You know, when you, you you have this type of a situation, and if Petrino's on the hot seat, that affects more than just him, and it affects his entire staff and all their families and stuff. So I hope for Idaho's sake that he can turn things around a little bit and they can finish the season strong. 
Sacramento State, 28. Number five, Montana, 21. Chris coming into Missoula and beating the Grizz is no small feat. Troy Taylor's done a heck of a job there for Sacramento State. Another good example of that trend I was describing as far as quarterback play goes. The Hornets outgained the Grizz 468 to 256. The Grizz were just 414 on third downs, whereas the Hornets were 9 of 13. The Sac State defense also forced four sacks and an interception of Chris Brown. It was kind of shocking when you look at the numbers that this was just a seven-point ball game, wasn't it? Yeah, it kind of was a little bit. Number six, South Dakota State, 41, Western Illinois, 17. Well, South Dakota State, good offense again, and they held a pretty dynamic Western Illinois Leatherneck offense down with a pretty good defensive effort. The Leathernecks have given people problems all season, and this was only a 13-10 to 10 game at the start of the third quarter before the Jacks started to pull away. Pierre Strong had 122 yards and 19 carries. Definitely a good bounce-back win for South Dakota State. Number seven, Villanova, 17, Albany, 10. Not the most sexiest Villanova win in history, but they got the job done. Wildcats ran the ball well, putting up over 200 yards on the ground, but Daniel Smith only managed 102 through the air. The game was played in a downpour, so that definitely uh, was a factor. This was Villanova's third straight road game, only losing one of those, which was the game to Penn State. Number eight, James Madison, 19, Richmond, three. Suddenly, James Madison's having trouble running the football. Well, so is Richmond. Richmond crossed midfield just three times throughout the game, and only 188 yards of total offense were put up by the Spiders. Richmond did a nice job keeping GMU's rushing attack in check, but Cole Johnson was able to move the ball through the air. He went 19 of 29 for 280 yards, so maybe they're the exception. The running game isn't going well. They have a reliable quarterback that can still move it. And in this week's example of SoCon gonna SoCon, Chattanooga 21, number 9, East Tennessee State 16. Heck of a defensive effort by the Chattanooga Mock. Yeah, and Devonta Maxwell, he had a school record 4.5 sacks, and Chattanooga held the Bucks to well below their scoring average of 40 points per game. Tyrell Price and Alem Ford accounted for 193 yards rushing for Chattanooga. Number 10, Montana State, 13. Number 21, Weber State, 7. Chris, you look at this and you say, wow, great effort by both defenses. This game was a snooze fest, bro. I mean, what were there, seven straight, three and outs on both sides? This was not a very good matchup of offensive firepower. How much do you think the defenses had to do with that? Or are we just still looking at two teams that are not all that great on the offensive side of the ball? Well, it's a little bit of both, and this again continues that trend. I watched this game, 14 punts total. The Bobcats did give up a long drive to start the game, and then they held Weaver scoreless into 172 yards of total offense the rest of the way. Montana State was even less effective. They were held to 222 yards of total offense. You see both quarterbacks not taking any chances. You know, they had there was a lot of RPO stuff and option plays, and they pulled it down and ran it most of the time. They rarely threw it more than five yards, didn't want to take any risks, figured they'd win it with defense and special teams. That can nip you in the bud, though, at some point. And in the exact opposite of that game we just described, number 11, Southeastern Louisiana, 61, Houston Baptist, 24. Cole Kelly was outstanding. Kelly goes 31 of 38 for 396, five touchdowns, which is a personal best for him. And this was the Lions' first true home game of the season because of the hurricane. Kelly completed passes to 13 different receivers, 10 of which had at least two catches. Let's compare and contrast a little bit. I've watched every Southeastern Louisiana game and every Eastern Washington game. Eric Barrier and Cole Kelly, the only thing really similar about them is their numbers. Kelly's a great big old young man. Eric's not diminutive, but he's not the tallest guy. It just proves in football that you can get things done in different ways. Both of them are super impressive. And what's your take on the comparison between those two? 
Well, Barry, uh, he is all athlete, but he has a tremendous arm as well. His accuracy has hurt him a little bit at some points in the past. Um, also, maybe his ability to read defenses quickly and make good decisions. But he has definitely made a huge improvement since spring ball even. And so he's the kind of kid that's going to you know, make lots of really fun plays outside of the pocket. Kelly is going to make him from more within the pocket. But both offenses are humming along. And if they were to meet in the playoffs, boy, I mean, 1,400 yards and 120 points scored. And when you're talking about getting them out of the pocket, Barrier is a guy that you can't tackle. Cole Kelly is a guy you don't want to tackle, right? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. That's that's a good point. Here is the FCS Nation Top 25 for Week 8. Number one, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Number two, Eastern Washington's Eagles. Number three, the Sam Houston Bearcats. Number four, the North Dakota State Bison. Number five, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Number six is Villanova. Number seven, James Madison. Number eight, Southeastern Louisiana. Number nine, Montana State. And number 10, UT Martin. Number 11 is UC Davis. Number 12, Kennesaw State. Number 13, Incarnate Word. Number 14, the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Number 15, South Dakota. Number 16, the Virginia Military Institute. Number 17, the Montana Grizzlies. Number 18 is Rhode Island. Number 19, Sacramento State. And rounding out the top 20, the Missouri State Bears. Number 21 is Northern Iowa. Number 22 is Jackson State. 23, the Mercer Bears. 24, the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. And number 25, the Furman Paladins. It's time for us to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And we're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Very pleased to be joined by Mr. Frank Selfo, the head coach for the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. Thanks for making the time, Coach. I appreciate you having us on. Everybody who talks to you wants to talk about Cole Kelly first, don't they, Coach? Uh, Yeah, except for my wife. She's uh, pretty much checking on me most of the time. Well, I would hope so. That's pretty good, though. Everybody knows he can drop back there and really sling it all over the field, but I've been very impressed with his ability to when you need a yard that he can drop his shoulder and go and get it he's extremely tough too coach he is he's uh he's taken a lot of hits throughout the year and uh a lot of them on his own you know accord he'll take off running sometimes and uh but he's not scared to go mix it up in there he is good on short yardage his size is you know stature allows him to be a lot more effective than maybe someone who's not as big well, 13 different fellas caught a pass for you last week. You are obviously very deep at the wide receiver group. Who are some people that we need to be looking out for in that receiving core, Coach? Well, I, I think you got to include our tight ends and our running backs also. Uh, you know, those that's that's how you get to 13. Uh, we probably got six or seven receivers and then uh, both tight ends, our fullback, and then all three running backs catch balls. So when you look at that, that's how you get up to that number. We feel real confident in, uh, I think our practices show that we feel confident in who our guys are and throwing the ball to them. And that's where you build that confidence up is during the course of practice. And Cole has gotten on the same page with these guys. Uh, they're really clicking together right now. And it's fun to watch. You played your first home game of the season at Strawberry Stadium last Saturday. It's an impressive thing that I don't think is getting enough play in FCS world that because of the hurricane, that was your first home game. What's it like to go on the road five weeks in a row, Coach? 
Well, it's uh, it's different. I can tell you that. You know, the the year before, they, they wouldn't let us play. You know, they kept us from playing. They allowed FBS to play, but FCS couldn't. You know, our guys remembered that, and we reminded them of that. That uh, even though going on the road is a tough thing to do, at least the opportunity to play is there for us. And uh, we had some we had some kids that. Uh, you know, decided not to come back after last season, the 2020, you know, the COVID year. But a lot of guys did, and they had the opportunity to play this year. So I think that just the chance to do that, they're taking advantage of it. Uh, the preparation's been really good, and they don't look at it as a negative. They just look at it as a positive from the standpoint at least I have a chance to play, whereas before uh, I wanted to, but nobody would let me. Coach, in the spring, on your defensive side of the ball, you were playing a lot of younger guys, maybe even some converted offensive linemen on the defensive line. That group seems to have gelled. What do they need to improve on? Yeah, I think so. We we, uh, we did play a lot of guys. We're rotating a lot of guys now to really find out who our top seven or eight players are, but we'll play 10 to 12 guys on the defensive front. I think what's happening is that uh, we're, we're doing a better job stopping a run, understanding our gaps and being more gap sound, uh, but we're playing more physical. We're, 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 we're stronger, we're tougher up front, uh, and we're attacking the line of scrimmage, and I think that's helping us cancel some gaps out. Uh, if, if you want to work on something, we got to do a better job of getting to the quarterback uh, in passing situations, which you know probably everybody does, but uh, that's something we want to improve on. Coach, when you're looking at that defensive side of the ball, you've got some guys up front who can eat some space, and the linebackers need to fill the gaps, like you said. Who should we be looking out for there? Yeah, I think Alexis Ramos and Chenadu Agmana, the two guys that are really playing well. They played well last week. Mike Mason stepped up and Herm Kristoff. So we play four guys on that side of the, uh, in that in that spot in those two spots, and we rotate them. They get about the equal number of plays. There's really not much difference. You get a little bit more production out of Ramos. He's been our, he was a leading tackler for us in the spring uh, or in, in the in the entire Southland Conference in the spring, and he's back for his senior season. You had a nice crowd at Strawberry Stadium Saturday, Coach. It's a big deal when that place is full. It is really a tough place to play when the Lions fans show up. Yeah, it, it, it really is. You know, I, I, I think uh, what's really overlooked sometimes is the Southland Conference. And the, and the uh, if, if people come down here and play in Thibodeau against Nichols, that's a tough place to play. McNeese has always been a legendary place to go into in the bowl and have to try to win in that place. It's, it's hard to play. And we want Strawberry Stadium to be feared like those two places are. And, uh, you know, I think around the country it's it's not probably given enough credit for those two places. And even here at home, we'd love to see some teams from up north come down here early in the year and play us. And, you know, obviously we'll return the favor to them. But, uh, you know, making this a home field advantage, I think we did it this past week. Our student body was out and in force. Uh, our local community did a great job of filling up the home side. Band was awesome. I mean, it's just an electric atmosphere, and it really, you can feel it out on the field. When you feel the energy and uh, that stuff out on the field, you know it's affecting the players. There's been a lot of comparisons made between your Cole Kelly and Eastern Washington's Eric Barrier, and you said that you wouldn't trade yours for his. That's a pretty good comment, I thought. I've seen Eric Barrier in person. I've watched every one of your football games. We're blessed this year in FCS football to have two great quarterbacks who do a lot of things extremely well. Yeah, we are. I mean, I think that's always the case. You know, when you have an opportunity for great players to showcase themselves, I I haven't seen Eric play. Um, you know, obviously I've, I've seen his numbers and I've heard about him, and Eastern Washington's having a fantastic year. Uh, but I meant what I said. I, I just I know how Cole impacts our football team, and it's not what you see on film or on TV. It's how he impacts our team in the locker room, his leadership qualities, and the things that he's able to do to get guys to rally around him. He's, he's one of the most – 
uh, I guess one of the best leaders I've ever coached at the quarterback position. And uh, it's really fun to watch his development, his growth throughout the spring. And then here he is in the fall matching those numbers and even surpassing them in some places. And, uh, you know, no, I wouldn't trade him for Eric. But I'm, like I said, too, I'm sure they wouldn't trade Eric for Cole. And, and uh, you know, we sure re- respect each other. And, uh, you know, good luck to them. And hopefully we'll, maybe we'll meet on the field somewhere in the playoffs if we're both fortunate enough to get that far. Coach, with the problems and the scheduling the Southland's having this year, how hard is it to play some teams twice in one season? I, it, it really didn't affect us. Uh, you know, I was in the NFL uh, in Jacksonville, and we played everybody in that division twice. And uh, so it's it's the uh, – I used philosophically used those ideas to do this again. And uh, when the schedule came out, we I went over the with our staff and we talked about what we needed to do each time we played somebody and the notes we needed to keep and the things we needed to remember. And you know, when you play somebody the second time, the dynamics change. It, it could be because of an injury to a specific player. It could be the weather. Uh, it could be the home field advantage again. You know, you swap swapping venues. So all those things come into play. So it's not. Uh, it's not that big a deal. It really isn't. You, you got to go win the first game, and then you figure that one out. And then when you get to the second one, you put it all back together again and develop another game plan based on what you see. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Frank Selfo, the head coach for the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Really appreciate it. Thank you all very much. I appreciate you all and everything you do for FCS football. The interview with the coach is brought to you by... The Harold Group Security Solutions. The Harold Group is a comprehensive security solutions company headquartered in Northeast Tennessee and was established to provide dynamic security solutions to the modern security risk people and facilities face. The security of you and your company's assets are Harold Group's number one priority. The Harold Group provides a various number of solutions to effectively minimize threats and keep your assets safe and secure. You can look Harold Group up on the web at haroldgroup.com. That's H. H-A-R-R-E-L-L-G-R-P dot com. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. We are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented Platypus Flosser and Toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the Platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the Platypus Flosser and Toothbrush, available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. 
Blaine.com. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful, custom, single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. During the break, you're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks. Now, time for Mr. Callum and I to whisk around FCS Nation and preview some of the biggest games taking place this week. Up first, Weber State is at number two, Eastern Washington. Chris, with this Weber State being offensively challenged, it seems like we've said that before, right? Brings a good defense to the table. Eastern Washington brings a historic level offense and maybe the best defense they've had in a while. Should be a very interesting game here. Yeah, both teams are, are in for a test. I mean, Weber State, can they you know keep Eastern under 30 points uh, for Eastern Washington? Can you continue to play, I don't want to say mistake-free, but very minimized mistake-type football? So I think that Eastern's got the upper hand there at home. I don't see Weber State being able to keep up. But again, things like turnovers and, and a really good defensive game plan can sometimes make these uncomfortably close. If you're Weber State, what do you do? You just maybe try to run the football, possess it, play a trip option type ball game against Eastern I think that might be your only chance yeah, you want to try to limit Eastern's possessions, but they don't need a lot. They score so quickly. I think you're going to have to take some chances on offense, open up the playbook a little bit. I think you're going to need to score close to 30 points to win the game and try to force some turnovers and, and hope a few things go your way. If you're Eastern Washington's kicker, I wouldn't be surprised if Coach Best doesn't walk up to you before the game, the kicker and the punter, and say, if Shahid touches the ball, don't bother getting back on the plane. What do you think? Definitely a good point, and that, that's one area that Weber State can exploit. Shahid's been doing it his entire career there, and so, yeah, no reason to kick it to that kid at all. Jacksonville State is at number three, Sam Houston. There hasn't been a team in recent memory who has been more up and down than Jacksonville State, and that's not just this year. That's like become part of who they are as a program. Sam Houston's been pretty consistent. They haven't been exactly flashy. They've won games they should win by comfortable margins, and and they've proved that they can win without Eric Schmidt as well. So I think Sam Houston's rounding into form. This will be a big test for them, but it is in Huntsville and Jacksonville State. This is kind of like the swan song for them. It's kind of now or never throw in your cliche. If they can figure out a way to win this, they're right back in the playoff discussion, I think. Yeah, they are, and this is a reset opportunity for both teams. They're both coming off the bye. Zarek Cooper has underperformed for the Gamecocks. Eric Schmidt is having another solid season, but he's got a really good rushing attack to rely upon, or if he's not playing, uh, the backup does. The bigger difference, in my opinion, is on defense. The Bearcats are ranked 17th, giving up under 300 yards per game versus the Jacksonville State team that is yielding 416. And that's hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, Sam Houston has played better offensive teams, I think, and just just to be able to get off the field on third down has been something Sam Houston has been able to do. Jacksonville State just cannot seem to manage it. Number 20, Missouri State is at number four, North Dakota State. The Bears, I think, will have the best offense North Dakota State has seen so far this year. Jason Shelley is capable. They have a nice receiving core. They can run the football. This is a dangerous game for the Bison. 
Well, like we talked about in the first segment, the big question mark here is the Bison offense. Missouri State is giving up 24 points per game, but they're giving up a decent 132 on the ground, and they're holding teams to 32% third down conversion rate. That is how you win football games. This means the North Dakota State offense will need to stay on schedule and or make a few third down plays through the air. The Bears might be the best offense the Bison have faced so far, and they are very balanced. Shelly's really good. But they also rush it for 150 yards per game. This is a, a dangerous game for North Dakota State, in my opinion. If you're the Bears, right? I mean, you're coming into Fargo. You know it's going to be loud. The crowd's going to be against you. And nobody does that kind of a thing better than Bobby Petrino for the Bison. Look, we've said it for like the past five weeks. And maybe I'll just start replaying what we said in the past about North Dakota State and the offense. But Quincy Patterson's proven he can be a difference maker with his legs. They don't do a lot of design things with him. But, Chris, I would maybe expect to see some more wrinkles. Maybe not throwing the ball down the field. Maybe they're just not going to feel like they need to do that ever. But don't be surprised surprised to see the Bison do some things with Patterson. Get him outside on a design quarterback run. He's tough to bring down, and he is without a doubt their best offensive player. Just get him the ball in some space and see what the young man can do. Number 21, Northern Iowa is at number 5, South Dakota State. The Panthers are in the midst of a brutal stretch facing three top 20 defenses over the current three weeks. The numbers are reflected in their scoring. It's been almost cut in half compared to their first three SCS opponents. The defense has also struggled of late. They gave up 34 points each, South Dakota and North Dakota State. Still, this is a dangerous team and one that tends to pull out a surprise win from time to time right about now. Mid-season where their backs are against the wall, it would not surprise me in the least if this is a very close football game. And some days sayers will say about the jackrabbits chris that they've only played one good team so far and that one good team beat them northern iowa is a good team let's see what happens in this one number 18 rhode island is at number six villanova roadies coming off a disappointing loss villanova didn't look especially great on the offensive side of the ball last week but like you mentioned it was in a monsoon this one should be a good one if rhode island can figure out a way to beat villanova well they're right back where they were before that loss to Towson. Surprising stat of the week, and don't look now, but Villanova is currently a top 10 defense. You know, we talk about Covington and Daniel Smith all the time, but they are playing really good on the other side of the ball. While Rhode Island gives up a few more yards, they're also playing well on the defensive side of the ball. They're giving up just 20 points per game. Daniel Smith only completed 9 of 22 passes last week against Albany. Again, wet conditions, but perhaps seems to begin to figure out the Nova offense a little bit as well. The preview segment will roll on right after these messages. Messages from the NCAA. In the Division I football championship subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I football championship subdivision. More than a game. In the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision, the game is played with perseverance, integrity, passion, character, and sportsmanship as he works to honor the game and respect his teammates, opponents, officials, and fans. Every FCS player grows in his responsibilities as a student athlete and as a member of his campus and community. The NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision. Every down, every day. Number eight, southeastern Louisiana is at Northwestern State. Suffice to say, I do not believe this one will be 10 to 7, Chris. 
Probably not. The Demons' only win has come against hapless Houston Baptist, but they did keep it respectable against Incarnate Word. So they've got some players. The Lions shouldn't really have too much trouble, though. But one kid to keep an eye on is the Demon Scooter Adams. Kevin, he not only qualifies for the all-name team, but he has 699 yards rushing and seven touchdowns on the season. Number 11, UC Davis is at Cal Poly. Chris, Davis has not looked especially great on the offensive side of the ball last couple of weeks. It took him a while to get going against Northern Colorado, but Northern Colorado's been playing better on that side of the ball. We felt like Poly was maybe going to put it all together at some point this year. I don't know if it'll be this week, though, but we're kind of running out of weeks for that uh, prediction to take place. We are, and I, you know, I think you've seen some improvement from Polly, but it was a, you know, a, a complete changeover what Coach Bo Baldwin's trying to do, and it's definitely going to take some time. It's a good opportunity for the Aggies to really, you know, continue having success and keep their path open to uh, a seed and, and perhaps a deep playoff run. Number twelve, Kennesaw State is at Campbell. I picked Kennesaw to lose last week to North Carolina A and T. It was a close ball game. Kennesaw was able to pull it out in the end, fourteen to nothing. Campbell is a very athletic athletic football team, Chris. And I think we expected a lot out of them when we think back to how they played in the spring. Well, Campbell, the key is get off the field on third down. Make Kennesaw punt the football. And if Campbell can do that, it could be a long day for the Owls. Campbell is perhaps the most athletic football team Kennesaw's seen since Georgia Tech. Yeah, and going back to the last week's game, we both got that pick wrong, but it was a close game. It was 14 to nothing, Kennesaw. Kennesaw's defense is playing really well. I don't have to tell you, Kevin, that two things that are portable, good defense and a good running attack, they would certainly have both. The Camels have a solid offense, so they're averaging 35 points per game. They sit at 3-3. Three and three. They're winning the games on their schedule. They should win. They need to pick up one that they perhaps shouldn't in order to stay in contention for a big South title. Number 13, Incarnate Word, is at McNeese. When you look at who's probably favored in this game, Chris, isn't it hard to believe we're talking about number 13, Incarnate Word, and McNeese not being ranked? I mean, it's like bizarro world there a little bit, right? I know the word's been better recently, but McNeese is a program that when I used to read the top 25, you know, would be in the top 10, top 15 just about every year, not this year so far. Yeah, they had a long, good run there, but they certainly have been supplanted in that conference. Uh, Incarnate Word is playing really good football right now. I mean, they have that head scratch or lost Youngstown State in I shouldn't diminish that too much because Youngstown State uh, has uh, went against two ranked opponents this year, but that's all they have. So I don't see McNeese being able to hang with current word for too long in this one. Just too much offense for the Cardinals. Yeah, Cameron Ward is an outstanding quarterback for Incarnate Word, and they've shown the ability, Chris, to win the close games, too. If they need to line up and get a first down to end the game, they can do that. I look at this Incarnate Word team, and I see a lot of similarities to your Eastern Washington Eagles a couple, three years ago when Coach Best said, hey, we know we're going to be able to score. We know we're going to be able to put up points, but we need to be able to be tough enough to go out and get a first down rushing the football when we have to. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Number 14, East Tennessee State is at Furman. Last week, Citadel ran wild all over Furman. East Tennessee State, well, they got held well below their scoring average. Furman was able to win the game. That's the only thing that matters. East Tennessee State was not. Maybe this could be another episode and another and just a long-running program of SoCon going to SoCon. It wouldn't shock me. East Tennessee State is at Furman. 
No, and I don't want to hurt your feelings too bad with this statement, Kevin, but Furman has still to pick up a quality win so far this year. Their best one probably being North Carolina A&T or Wofford. However, their defense is giving up only 16 points per game against FCS competition. After throwing 12 touchdowns against two INTs in the spring, Hamp Sisson seems to be regressing a little bit at quarterback, so their offense needs to get better. He has only four touchdowns versus five interceptions so far this season. That's not going to get it done. I'd expect this game to be similar to last week's uh, Bucks game against Chattanooga. Conservative play calling, low scoring. Uh, I think Furman has a shot here, though. Illinois State is at number 15, South Dakota. It seems like this week, South Dakota is everybody's darling, right? Getting a lot of good press, moving up in the polls. Let's see if they can stand prosperity. This is a ball game they should win, and they should win it handily. Can they? Let's see if they can manage some expectations. Yeah, there's a potential for a little bit of a hangover scenario here with USD, but they do run the football really well. That's how their offense is built. So I think that helps negate that a little bit. And Illinois State just isn't very good this year. So the Yotes have an opportunity at being ranked number 15 to get on a hot streak because they have a couple of really big games coming later in the season. This could be a statement win for them. And I like head coaches that evaluate their talent and change their system a little bit. We're going to talk with Victor Flores in just a couple of minutes about Brent Vigian doing that at Montana State. Well, you know, it wasn't all that long ago Chris South Dakota was throwing the ball all over the yard. Well, they don't have that type of athletes there right now. So what are they doing? Running the ball, playing defense, and being solid in the specialty teams. It's a broken record, isn't it? It is, but I, I appreciate your point, and you're exactly right. They It does take some stones to to switch things from year to year, but you you know it makes sense to go with what you have and go with your best chance of winning, and they're certainly proving that right now. The preview segment is brought to you in part by... Big Deck Barbecue Company, proudly blended and bottled in Fargo, North Dakota. Big Deck Barbecue Company is committed to delivering high-quality, unique sauces made with the best products available. If you're looking for something delicious to spice up your weeknight meal with your family, get to BigDeckBBQ.com. If you're a serious tailgater looking to take your tailgate to the next level, get to BigDeckBBQ.com. They spent countless hours making this product the best it can be, and folks, take it from me, they've got it right. Support those that support the FCS. Get to BigDeckBBQ.com. And Big Deck Barbecue Company would like to remind you that life's better on a big deck. Big Deck Barbecue Company, BigDeckBBQ.com. If you miss any portion of FCS Nation, pick up the podcast wherever you download podcasts. Give us a five-star rating, and we'll love you forever. You can also follow us on Twitter at FCS Nation Radio 1. That's at FCS Nation Radio and the number one. Don't go anywhere. Coming up next, I'll sit down with Mr. Victor Flores of 406mtsports.com, and we'll talk about the fine start that the Montana State Bobcats are off to. Following that will be the pick segment, I know you'll want to hang out for that. All of that and much, much more is coming up next, right here on this episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. At Renewal by Anderson, we love it when our customers tell us on a brutal winter day, we can't believe how much warmer this house is since we got our new windows. These windows are awesome. We hear it all the time. Winter is coming, and as beautiful as winter is in our part of the world, having drafty windows, cold rooms, and always needing that blanket on the couch is no fun. Renewal by Anderson makes the best windows you can get. We've been five-star energy partners for years. Our new windows can significantly lower your energy bills, especially on a brutal winter night when the wind is howling. 
Renewal by Anderson windows not only increase your comfort, they increase the value of your home. This winter, put that blanket away. Renewal by Anderson has great financing options with approved credit right now. For less than your cable or phone bill each month, you could have all new windows from Renewal by Anderson. Please visit our website now at rbamontana.com to hear about our financing options and book your in-home consultation now. And put that blanket away this winter with Renewal by Anderson. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com. I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJCoulter.com. If you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, go Grizz, go Bison, go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. BrickWheels.com. Kevin Marshall here for the law offices of John Velk. At the Velk Law Firm, they know that when you suffer an injury, everything can change. With more than 29 years of experience fighting for his clients, John Velk can help you focus on recovering rather than being overwhelmed and worried about your court case. If you're injured in an accident, call John Velk at the law offices of John Velk at 543-0909 or log on to the website at velklaw.com. That's the law offices of John Velk, the official law offices of FCS nation. Are you played by foreclosure? Well, here at Jim Ladd and Matey, we can stop your foreclosure now. We're a mortgage rescue company, and for the small fee of everything you hold dear, we will negotiate with your lender on your behalf. Call Jim Ladd and Matey at 1-800-YAR-YAR. That's 1-800-YAR-YAR-YAR. If you're facing foreclosure, talk to the right people. Speak with HUD-approved housing counselors free of charge at 888-995-HOPE. Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. back you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetta radio network now joined by mr victor flores from 406mtsports.com to discuss a little montana state bobcat football victor so far so good for the cats yeah yeah they i mean one loss to an fbs team in in wyoming and that was a game they they probably should have won too they were they they had it um late and um you know and had some plays just go against them it was really a bounce or two so um, you know, maybe a flag or two. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun to watch and, um, and definitely, you know, they're not a perfect team. So I think that's made it even more fun to cover in my first year covering them. Um, just 
you know, a lot of a lot of intrigue here for sure. Well, I think if you ask Troy Anderson to kick off, kick field goals, and punt, he'd be able to do that. He's played just about everywhere else for Montana State in his career. But moving him to linebacker and bringing in Matt McKay to be the quarterback, McKay's been a difference maker so far. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He doesn't make the real flashy play. But Montana State doesn't really ask him to do that, do they? No, um, they they don't, and it's kind of exactly what they needed. Um, again, I you know this first year covering them. I can't, you know, I wasn't there in 2019, but um, but from people I've talked to and just kind of, you know, uh, seeing it from afar, they had Troy Anderson, as you mentioned, in, in 2018, kind of be primarily uh, a quarterback, did some in 2019, and he was, you know, um, uh, just a playmaker and obviously an amazing athlete and, and one of the all-time great Montana State players, um, but also uh, limited as a thrower, uh, to say the least, and, and mostly a runner, and uh, and then you have Casey Bauman start the, the 2019 season off and uh, he struggles and was replaced by Tucker Rovig, who was, who was solid, you know, his numbers were okay, but, but kind of was just very inconsistent and, and was turnover prone. Um, and, and McKay, you know, just does not have those, those turnover problems. I mean, one interception all year on a miscommunication with, with his receiver. Um, he's, he's had some interceptable balls. He did this last week as well. Um, so he's, he's definitely not, perfect in that category but he's very just smart with the ball more often than not 99 percent of the time um he can throw it downfield i mean that, that he's not just the game manager he's he has a great connection with lance mccutcheon their top receiver and he's just very um solid and and smart with the ball and, and can 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 move it to, you know in any kind of segment of the, of the field so um uh, and, and he adds a little bit of a running dimension as well um he had a first down run to seal the game against Weber State this last Friday. So so really kind of just brings a whole lot of things that defenses have to be prepared for. Um, and, you know, he's not Eric Berrier. He's, he's, you know, nobody is, but he's not quite on that level, probably not even as, as um, prolific as Davis Alexander at Portland State or, or other really good um, quarterbacks. But I think with their good run game and, and their, their really good defense, he, he, he's kind of just what, what they needed. So he's been, been impressive for sure. Well, we mentioned Troy Anderson on the defensive side of the ball. There are some other guys on that Bobcat defense, especially one who I know you'll tell us about, who won Big Sky Player of the Week with a heck of a game against Weber State. And the Bobcats are also getting a little healthier as, as the season moves along on that side of the ball, aren't they? Yeah, I, I, other than, than their cornerback, uh, Eric Sombrano, going down in that game uh, against Weber State and then um, basically getting down to you know only a couple cornerbacks, maybe you know two two or three. So that that one position has been pretty decimated. James Campbell is still going to be out for um, for another week or so uh, at least. Um, but but they did get Tyrell Thomas back, which again was really important uh, with Eric Zambrano going out. Um, and and their their you know James Campbell is their, their first starter, the season opening starter is 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 on the way back. So they're going to be and, and Zambrano is not going to be out for a long time, according to. The coach Brent Brent Vegans, they're going to be pretty healthy, I think, going into that Eastern game in a couple of weeks. Um, so on on that specific side and the defensive line, um, starters have been healthy all year. They they've uh, they did lose Kyle Rigg, who's been out um, since the season opener, so that's been tough. But you know the the main guys, Anderson's been healthy, Callahan O'Reilly, both safeties, Trey Webb and, and Jeffrey Manning Jr. Um, have been really good and and healthy all season. Um, and and yes, as you as you mentioned, Daniel Hardy. Um, who won Defensive Player of the Week in the Big Sky? Um, is just a monster. I mean, there's no other way to really to put it. I, he just he he's on kickoff team, 
and it just delivers some of the, I mean, the scary hits because you just don't know if the guy's going to be okay that he hits because they're just thunderous. I mean, the, the biggest hits you'll ever see, and he does that every game pretty much. And, and you know, that's not, he's, he's a, the, the starting defensive end on, on this team. And, and just three sacks in this last game or in on four sacks in every game, but it doesn't matter you know, who they're playing. It's a, he's, he's in the backfield and he's causing problems and has eight sacks on the season now and in seven games. So he's been probably the most impressive guy on, on the Bobcats just from a pure, um, you know, what you can see. I mean, Chase Benson, everybody on the team talks about how amazing he is. And it, that's a little bit, you really have to be watching the nose tackle. Um, and, and even some, even if you, or zeroed in on Chase Benson, you might not necessarily see um, what exactly he's doing that's helping the rest of the team. It's just just a position that is not flashy, but um, but can like can, you can clog up running lanes and, and and really help the other team. And and Tyle Prada deserves a ton of minute credit too. He's the starting nickelback and has just been been all over the place and one of the most sure tacklers in the, in the conference. So um, so just a, a really really good defense that you know is really can carry this team pretty far we got about 30 seconds left victor it's interesting to me that coach vision didn't come in there and try to change a whole bunch he saw what he had on the roster and he adapted to it were you surprised at that no i I don't think so i think um especially with the covid year um there just wasn't a whole lot he needed to to change and veteran guys so um yeah I, i mean i think he knew what he had. He knew he had some, um, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing. And, um, and I think he's, he's very adaptable, um, or he's been very adaptable to the situation. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Victor Flores from 406mtsports.com. Appreciate you being here and appreciate your coverage of Montana State Bobcat football. Makes my job a whole lot easier. Just click on your site, uh, read your reports, and, boy, I can find out anything I need to know about the Cats. Appreciate you, my friend. Of course. Thanks, Kevin. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution, you created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck! So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots t-shirts. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Bud Light Beer at Isopur St. Louis, Missouri. Hanging with us during the break, you're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. It's now time for the pick segment. Chris, I brag about how well I'm doing. Well, you know, always going to have to return down to earth. That sort of happened last week. Got some of them right. Uh, the Delaware-Stony Brook game we got. Not a lot of people called that one. But let's see what we can pick out this week. Up first, Weber State is at number two, Eastern Washington. Throughout the Western Illinois game, and one of the things people may be overlooking is how well Eastern's defense is playing. They're playing fairly solid, at least good enough to be a national championship contender, in my opinion. Weber State has to prove it can get back on track offensively. I don't think they can do it this week. Give me Eastern Washington to win this game 41-20. to 20. 
Eric Berrier's having just a season for the history books, y'all. Weaver State is still offensively challenged. Seems like we say that year after year after year. The Wildcat defense is really good, though. Seems like we say that year after year after year after year. And that defense should keep Weber in this game for a while, or Eastern Washington continues to go through big sky opponents like Sherman went through Georgia. I think it's 6-1 to one and pick them right there. Take Eastern Washington to win at the Inferno over Weber State, 41-13. to 13. Jacksonville State is at number three, Sam Houston. The Bearcats are better on both sides of the ball. They are at home. They have a ton to play for. JSU has literally their playoff lives to play for, but I don't think it'll be enough. Give me the Bearcats to win this game, 34-10. Quarterback Eric Schmidt and the Bearcat offense has again been making headlines this season. But just like towards the end of the spring, the Sam Houston defense is the one that's helping them win football games. Like Chris mentioned earlier in the show, they're top 20 as a group in scoring defense so far. The Gamecocks have all the talent in the world, but there is no doubt in my mind, and there shouldn't be in yours either, that Casey Keeler will outcoach John Grass. Take the Bearcats at home over Jacksonville State, 35-16. to 16. Number 20, Missouri State is at number 4, North Dakota State. Well, you always suggest never to pick against the Bison at home, and I, I'm not going to do that this week. Give me the Bison to win this game, but it's going to be close. I like North Dakota State, 24-23. to 23. Bears have shown the ability to put up points. You have to think this is the best offense NDSU's faced all season so far. Are the Bison as good on defense as the numbers say? Haven't played the best offensive teams in the FCS, that's for sure. The Bears need to get Jason Shelley on the move. You can't beat NDSU just sitting back there in the pocket. NDSU you just needs to be who they are, y'all. Run the ball, play great defense, and be solid on special teams. You might have heard that a few times in the show this week. Well, the Bison are, and they will, take North Dakota State at home, 28-20. to 20. Number 21, Northern Iowa is at number 5, South Dakota State. I think the Jacks are back on track. Give me South Dakota State to win this game, 35-17. to 17. Well, the Jackrabbits quarterback, Chris Oladokun, has been everything the Jacks could have hoped for. Pierre Strong Jr. and that running game have been almost overwhelming, too. The defense is top 10 nationally. All that is true, but if I was a Jackrabbit fan, I'd be scared to death of Northern Iowa. Quarterback Theo Day is the wild card here. Control him and the big plays and the Jacks win. They will. Take South Dakota State over Northern Iowa, 31-24. Number 21, Rhode Island is at number 6, Villanova. Rhode Island is another team without any really great outstanding wins, so they might be a bit of a paper tiger. I think Nova proves that in this game. Give me the Wildcats to win 31-24. Just a huge game for Rhode Island. The Rams fought so hard for respect and for people to take them seriously as a title contender in the CAA. Well, you blow that last week by laying an egg against Towson. Rhode Island is still a good football team. Villanova ran the ball very well with three backs combining for over 200 yards last week. I expect that to continue. Nova wins at home over Rhodey, 31-21. Number seven, James Madison is at Delaware. This game will be very close. I think it'll be low scoring, but I think GMU goes on the road and gets the win. Give me the Dukes, 18-7. to I don't think it'll be close, Chris. I believe Delaware's a shell of a team that they were just even a couple of weeks ago. Injuries have really hurt the fighting Blue Hens. The Dukes are going to have no sympathy for them, though, because they're just now starting to get back some of the guys who were banged up previously. JMU gets the running game, which has been noticeably absent lately, y'all. They'll get that humming again, and JMU will beat Delaware on the road 28-7. to Number eight, Southeastern Louisiana. 
is at Northwestern State. Nobody's really stopped the Lions, and I don't think that happens this weekend. Give me Southeast Louisiana. 48 to 17. The Lions are rolling. They hit the road for their sixth road game in the last seven games against the Demons of Northwestern State. Not a whole bunch to see here except for that Cole Kelly will put up video game numbers again. He'll have another day and the Lions will too and they'll keep that roll going. Lions 48-21. Idaho State is at number nine, Montana State. Bobcat fans should be a little nervous about this because Idaho State has the talent to beat a UC Davis. And I don't think they're going to do it, but I think this will be an, another uncomfortably close game for the home team. Give me Montana State, 24-23. to 23. Completely agree with you about Idaho State. They are capable of beating just about any team in the big sky this season. The consistency is what's been lacking. Well, the Bobcats on defense have been really a model of that. Isaiah Infante will do his thing running the ball, and the Cats' defense will take care of the rest. Take the Bobcats at home in Bozeman over Idaho State, 30-17. to Southeast Missouri is at number 10, Tennessee Martin. Well, it'd be just like Southeast Missouri to go in and kind of upset the apple cart in the OVC, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Tennessee Martin validates their ranking. They get the job done 34-20. to Skyhawks came out a little bit sluggish against Eastern Illinois last week, and they found themselves trailing at the half. Well, the defense promptly just shut out the Panthers in the second half. Too much Keon Howard through the air. Too much Zach Wallace and Peyton Logan on the ground. Take the Skyhawks at home, and they'll get to 6-1. and one. Tennessee Martin over SEMO, 34-20. to 20. Number 11, UC Davis is at Cal Poly. This is the battle for the Golden Horseshoe. Yeah, a bit of a rivalry game here. I don't think it's going to be Poly's best opportunity to get a win. So give me the Aggies to win this game 28-3. to So you say your offense been kind of struggling lately? Well, a visit to Cal Poly should fix you right up. Davis wins easily 42-17. Number 12, Kennesaw is at Campbell. I think Kennesaw's a good football team, Kevin. Give me the Owls to win a little bit more easily than they did last week, 28-10. to 10. Not me, sir. Not me. There's a lot of optimism in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, coming into the season after Campbell played some really good football in the spring. The fall's been a mixed bag. Like Chris mentioned, they've beaten who they're supposed to beat, lost who they were probably supposed to lose to. Well, this is going to be that week where Campbell gets one that maybe a lot of people feel like they ought not to. Take Campbell at home over number 12, Kennesaw State, 28-27. That's my upset special of the week. And with that, that brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. FCS Nation is co-hosted by Mr. Chris Callum, produced by Mr. Justin Swallows. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Miss Stacy Marshall. On behalf of all those good people, I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, reminding you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.